Hollow Knight, a 2D Metroidvania Soulsborne game about a small insectoid hero standing against a plague warping the minds of citizens of the once mighty Hollow Nest. Can our hosts craft an epic tale out of all these bugs, knights, and silent protagonists? Find out on this episode of Game Reel. Welcome to Game Reel. It's the show where three college grads write movies about their favorite video games. On um, today's episode, we are covering Hollow Knight. And today I'm joined by my two lovely guests. Uh, I'm Cassidy. I'm a regular here. I'm June. I am not a regular here. Mm-hmm. This is my first episode recording with the boys who I haven't seen in person in quite a while, but I am very glad to see again. Yeah. yeah. Hollow Knight is a game that I have been watching Let's Plays of since 2014, but suck a whole lot at, but I'm very excited to be introduced on this episode. Hell yeah. Dude. We're excited to have you. We love we love having guests. For sure. We should do it more often. So like we said, we are covering Hollow Knight. So Hollow Knight is a game that was released in 2017. It's a Metroidvania action-adventure game created by Team Cherry. It's available on most things. It's on Switch, PS4, Xbox. It's on Steam, which is what I play it on. So as the player, you control the knight, a nameless warrior, uncertain of their own identity or origin, and you explore hollowness, a once thriving kingdom whose inhabitants are deprived of their minds. Everything is very moody, very gothy, very atmospheric, and everyone is a bug, which makes everything so much better. Everyone mm-hmm. is different kind of species of bugs. They're all cool little guys, and it's very fun. It's The art direction is amazing. It's an inspired it, choice, it's honestly. very inspired. It is hard. It's been called the, the Dark Souls of Bugs, you know, which I don't think you could say about most things, honestly. I th- as a a bit of a souls aficionado, uh, I would say that it, it's it's a little more than skin deep. The comparisons to Dark Souls, I would say. Oh yeah, it's not just like thing hard, therefore thing Dark Souls. I mean, that's what everybody says. If a uh, if a game's hard, they call it the Dark Souls of that game. Yeah, Dar- but Dark Souls is think... famously the first hard game ever made. Yeah, the only hard game, a Dark Soul. Um, <laughs> the but, comparisons also run in like the regeneration system, right? The like yes. accrual of soul, and then mm-hmm. you can heal based on the amount of enemies that you've killed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think, but I, I think also this game thematically has a lot uh, is similar with Dark Souls, like because it's about this like decrepit kingdom where something some kind of curse is ravaging the land and some nameless warrior has to go in and make a decision on whether to keep the status quo at like the expense of themselves or fuck everything over by releasing the curse onto the land or some shit like that very very much in comparison with dark souls like also you know lots of knights mm-hmm. there's knights in dark souls <laughs> 
The um, dark and moody qualities of the art direction really reflect the fact that they're bugs because bugs mm. burrow into the ground and feel safe in darkness ensconced with dirt. So like mm -hmm. that isn't directly a Dark Souls parody. It's more of a thematic element, but like I think that it works really well to the game's advantage to like take ideas that are already present in a game that Hollow Knight is referencing while mm -hmm. like working them to its advantage it's really great how underground everything is yeah for it, sure. it's it fits so well mm -hmm. just like if you want to improve your game just like add a bunch of cute little worms all over mm -hmm. the place agreed and make them give you money and it's just the most rewarding thing ever <laughs> I have not finished it yet. I have played like 48 hours of it, but I only just got the wings because I get lost a lot. And especially with like with like Metroidvania games, I do tend to get lost because it's just like a shit ton of dungeon crawling and stuff and a lot of backtracking. But mm -hmm. it is definitely a game where the backtracking does not feel like terrible because once you as you like continually get new abilities and movement options it just opens up the world so much and it's just so much fun traversing it with like once you get a new thing i wish i felt the same way i'm so shitty <laughs> at this game that the back travel usually kills me like mm. just getting through rooms does damage because i suck so hard I know I just talked up being a Souls aficionado and like sweat, like swang my dick around, but I'm actually very bad at this game. Um, I am like nowhere near halfway through this game. I uh, I played, I started playing it like shortly after it came out, and uh, I got to like the second or third boss. I remember like I got to the part where you get like you fall down some kind of hole and you're like in this like weird little guy's shack and you get some kind of magic ability. It's like the ability to shoot like a beam or something. I got I've, I got that far and it was not very far at all because I am terrible at platforming games. Metroidvanias are bad or they're not bad. I'm just bad at them. And that's unfortunate for me because I also really like any game that is like even tangentially similar to Dark Souls like this one. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I really like this game. I love the art. I love how it looks. I love the, you know, moody soulsness of its story. Ah, I'm so bad at them. I can't like I have like I have another Metroidvania Souls type game in my Steam library that I've barely played because I'm so bad at it. Uh, it's called like Blasphemous. It's like Catholic Souls or something. Catholic Souls. It's like a Metroidvania where like you play Jesus. No, no, but it's like very like Catholic inspired, but it's like the dark suffering part of Catholicism. Of so course. like your your like your like helmet has like thorns all around it, and oh. there's like thorns on the inside that like you know you put on your head, and your your fucking sword has thorns on it, and there's like all kinds of enemies that have like wounds on them and like crucifixes, and it's just like it's awesome. It looks amazing and is like really cool. I'm like two hours into that game. I'm not very far, <laughs> but I can beat uh, I can beat Dark Souls three in two days. Oh, flex! <laughs> not a flex. No. Don't listen to me. Is it a short game? <laughs> no. 
No, I'm just I'm uh, I'm just a monster. <laughs> I'm good at one kind of game, is what I'm saying. It's okay. I'm only good at platformers, so it's fine. I have been on a big JRPG kick recently, so I definitely feel like I am good at one kind of game, which you don't actually have to be good at. You just have to read. <laughs> uh, but well, God, I love reading. Yeah, that's that's my weakness with those games. I don't. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys' favorite characters and bosses in the games? Getting him out of the way. Zote, mm-hmm. he's the best. He's he's the greatest character in all of fiction. Zote what is what is what is this little guy's deal? Like I see I, I haven't gotten to meeting him yet. Um but I see he looks like just a little sad old version of you. He's just, like, a little guy. He, like, talks a big game, but he's just, like, really, really weak. Like, you find him in, like, the clutches of just, like, a not, like, super hard enemy. And he's, like, uh-huh. you, if you rescue him, and he's, like, oh, I don't really need your help. You know, I'm, like, I'm pretty big deal around here. And then you meet him in the Coliseum of Fools, which is this, like, really fun area where you just, like, you just beat up motherfuckers. And, like, he's the last, mm-hmm. I think he's the last guy at the end of the first trial and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat you. And then he just, like, runs at you, and he's, like, wildly flinging his, like, sword at you, like, a bent, like, it does, I don't even know if it does any damage, and you could just beat him yeah. in one hit. He's a fun guy. You also have the option to, like, not <laughs> save him in the beginning, and he just dies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. But There's he- also a uh, hidden area boss that I think was put in the DLC, right, where mm-hmm. um, it's just lots of zotes. <laughs> they just keep throwing zotes at you and some of them get to be long zotes mm-hmm. and some of them it's it's just a volume of zotes that you have to kill in order to leave yeah there's huh. a, in it's like a dream boss or whatever there's like dream world stuff in this game and he's yes. like he's like a much bigger version of himself and when he appears on the boss screen he has just like a million different adjectives where he's like Zote, the invincible, fearless, sensual, mysterious, enchanting, vigorous, still. It just goes on gorgeous. It's very funny. That's great. Because it's like from the mind of a different NPC who has a crush on you at first and then on Zote. Oh, so that's sweet. Yeah, so he's just very gassed up in that version. That's really sweet. I didn't, I didn't know these characters had the capability to be like that. Yeah, they're they're all the little guys are, are fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Zoda is is also one of my favorites. I just love like a little like arrogant guy who's just like too too big for his own britches. Just like not <laughs> can't back it up at all. It's very fun. Also, I like Hornet a lot. She is cool because mm. she has a neat design and she has a little needle and thread, and that is neat. Yeah, she's my favorite non-boss character for sure. Although I do like the map maker's wife a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's fun. She's so fun and funny. Yeah, I feel bad for her because she's always like, "Oh, my husband's never around." And you're like, "Damn, lady, that's unfortunate." <laughs> yeah, she do be thick though. She do be <laughs> I wasn't gonna for, say, for but that insect. is true. Yeah, for insect. I mean, yeah, I went there. We are going there. Okay. We're going there. We're going there. Um, All right. So who? Okay. So now that we have it there, like, which NPC do you want to fuck the most, guys? Come on. Uh, I'm I the that, I say Matt that Maker's wife. I think Matt Maker's wife. 
I think that this game has a lot of room for silliness because mm-hmm. the drawings are so simple and well, the character design is so simple while the background is so lush and like mm-hmm. inhospitable that every time you see a character you can speak to, they make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of like little optional guys that you don't even need to talk to and they just like give you like little like bits about the lore and stuff. And it's cool to see because like the the world itself is so bleak, like it's very like dystopian and stuff, but you still see all these little guys and they're just like still thriving and still like not completely giving into despair Mm -hmm. and stuff and just coloring this little dark world. It's it's really a great contrast they've struck because you're right, it has these like silly little characters in it that like really like bring levity to this game. But then also they can have super crazy dark shit like my favorite boss, though I haven't fought him or gotten to him, is Nosk. That like that thing that looks like you at first and then like unfolds into this huge hideous like shadow spider that like tries to like kill you and it real you realize like its head is just like you but upside down. Yeah. It's like it's awesome. It's and it, I think that's just like a really uh really fun contrast this game sort of plays with is just these wacky characters in this very dark, scary looking world. For sure. Who is your favorite boss, June? I might talk a little bit about Grim, who's in the DLC, because Grim features in my movie idea. Nice. Um, in kind of a mimetic way, but Mm -hmm. I think that I'm always very impressed when a character design is edgy without being horrible and (laughs) heinous to look at. Yeah. I am playing a game right now that is very edgy and still works out of sheer naivety of the Dark Knight. Like, it's obvious that these people haven't seen the Dark Knight, but they're still making... It's Persona 5. The main character is literally Mm -hmm. called Joker. Everything (laughs) is black and white and red. Grim is very edgy. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. is the master of a circus, a dark circus. Mm-hmm. It's a dark clown. He's, we love we love edgy clown boys. We really do. He's got They're a cape great. with red lining. What else do mm-hmm. you need? I know. Peak character design. Do we want to go into pitches? A small knight awakens in a dark and dreary land following a mysterious calling deep below the earth that he cannot fully explain. And I think, I, I, I feel like the past few pitches I've done have been kind of cop-outs like this because I, the, the games we've done, the story has been compelling enough that I'm just like, why not just like run through the story beats of the game and like try and like conform it into a movie format? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I want. That's that's my pitch for this uh, this game. I think the story is good enough that we could do the episode on that, and it would be good. So my pitch is just the main plot of the game. I think it should be two D animated. I think the knight shouldn't speak. Uh, I we since he can't speak, we would learn about the world through seeing it and you know talking to other characters. We should go with the tragic end on this game where both the knight and wasp uh end up like dying to seal the curse away i think we're all gonna be in agreement on our movies being 2d animated yeah Yeah, for sure 
the style is just too good to like throw away on like fucking 3D or even live action. I mean, live action would be cool if it was like a dark crystal kind of thing I and they were like puppets. Yeah, okay. Uh, puppets are the only acceptable live action. Puppets are always a good option for anything. Mm-hmm. More things should just be puppets just because. Agreed. This is going to be a sequel to the events of the game. I don't really think that um, the knight has that much left to like cover unless you're going to be making a film that is just a reboot of, or not a reboot, but like a retelling of the events of Hollow Knight. So mm-hmm. Horn is going to star in mine. She's going to interact with Troop Master Grimm, and I'm picturing her to still be in the same animated style as she is in the games, but Grimm and all the masters of the troop, we're going to hire Vivzy Pop for this one. We're going to go full furry. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be awful. (laughs) (laughs) All of the like classy energy of the DLC gone. We're ripping it off. Sullied. mm -hmm. The colors are going to be ridiculous they are not gonna be fun to look at she's going to be disgusted the audience is going to be disgusted yeah it's going really just, to everyone's gonna fucking hate this movie yeah, gonna be extreme. <laughs> we should pitch more bad movies on the podcast <laughs> i mean that goes against the thesis of the podcast but sure i agree Does it'll it? be like it'll be a crossover between the games events and hell of a mm-hmm. boss her uh youtube <laughs> series <laughs> which i'm sure you've all watched i yes i have not watched a single bit of it but i i'm friends with a lot of animation people up here because i'm i'm living with one currently and i know some of her friends and they have been talking about the hell of a boss stuff and just how bad that is <laughs> And how they're like, oh, do these detailed back background paintings for a hundred dollars? Oh, Vivzy Pop is such a perfect example of somebody with talent putting all of their talent in exactly the wrong choices for yeah. animation. I think that she, I don't know, because like I have a lot of respect for the sheer amount of work that she puts into her productions and the sheer amount mm-hmm. of like effort that goes into them but they look so terrible and overdone and like they don't have any conceptual understanding of the charm of animation (laughs) that yeah and i love that for her (laughs) i just wish i could take some of that effort for myself and use it on my projects which are i'll just say it better oh (laughs) damn i Um, didn't know we were gonna be dissing dissing the, the animator internet people like this is there is there anything else you wanted to say about your pitch june besides uh this this tirade against vivzy pop <laughs> yeah me and vivzy pop have beef now um i'm not on social media <laughs> but she can follow me at b-i-i-r-d.tumblr.com that's bird.tumblr.com <laughs> I expect yeah, to crazy. see some real, real drama coming out of this one. Um, I came here to drop the microphone and leave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wholly unrelated subject matter, but... Mm-hmm. I can't... It had to be said. 
June, I can't believe, like, the first time you come on the podcast and you're just, like, trying to start beef, like, with our podcast with some, like, people on the internet. Like, that's not... You can't do that. That's... Hey, no, you know what? I'm going to encourage this. We need the numbers. Okay. <laughs> we need this heat. Negative press is still press. Okay. Uh... You will be thanking me for this, Matt. You will be thanking me for this. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Uh, all right well <laughs> so my pitch in hollow nice deadliest arena where only the strongest survive can the self-proclaimed mightiest bug of all time become king of the fools so i i want to tell an underdog story about zode um trying to make his way in the coliseum of fools and try to become king of the fools we love a good underdog story. Yes, and I want him to, like, still not be good at fighting, and, like, mm-hmm. I want the knight to kind of help him, like, without him knowing along the way. I just... Yeah. There's, like, a bit of flavor text in the Coliseum of Fools, and it just says, contestants are offered a chance to become more than just another foolish bug, and that hit me pretty hard, you know? It's like, <laughs> and also, when you hit the dream now, and, like, some of the guys... So, in, in the Coliseum, there's, like, a resting area that you go to after you die, and they're just guys, like, who are just, like, ah, oh, they're tired, and they're just resting, and they're just, like, hanging out, and you hit the dream now to, like, read bugs' minds and stuff, and one of them is, like... Am I? Are we really just fools? Or am I just another fool? And I was—I just felt so bad for them. And I was just like, I want to yeah. know their story. This pitch, um, like the second you started saying it, I was like, we have to include the knight in Zote's story. I don't think that the knight mm-hmm. necessarily needs to be involved in a story about Hornet, mm-hmm. but like, if the if your movie, not to retcon your story or take charge, <laughs> but if it ended with the knight killing zote oh my god (laughs) that'd be like the ending that would be like that'd be like rocky but then it ends with rocky getting like punched to death (laughs) fade to credits with like an 80 song in the background the rest of the soundtrack to the movie is like ambient dark orchestral music and then Mm -hmm. the end credits after zote an 80s bop yeah i I'm gunning for Zote. He's he's my best boy. Yeah. Uh I love I love a Cusco ass main character, you know, just like a arrogant, stupid guy. He doesn't have to learn his lesson. I think that would be very anti Zote. I think he could stay a <laughs> fool. This is like this has like uh, really great makings for like a good dark comedy. I have a question for you in this uh in this hypothetical uh story about zote do you think he would witness the uh ramifications of what's happening in the game because if so i think that would kind of be a little poignant to see this like dumb idiot who is trying just to prove himself but then is also witnessing like world shattering events happening around him and like being unable to do anything about them but then also like directly knowing the person who is like saving it all right i think i mean i think we can't ignore like you know the infection everything going on mm-hmm. but zode as a character i think is very unconcerned about that and if he can become yeah. you know 
the king of like a broken wasteland as long as he's king i think that's all he really cares about oh my god you're so right it's very Shaun of the dead him just like not acknowledging the infection going on yeah yeah i mean it's it's all about zoe you know he's like i'm the most mm-hmm. mighty gorgeous man on this on this you know little bug kingdom you know that's what i'm about like all this other stuff it's a little too heady for me you know that's his vibe, yeah okay so are we on board with zote the movie yes i like i like the the tale of zote i oh, think yeah. that's good i'm i'm game i think we could have a really cool like tragic ending where like we we i guess we'll decide whether or not this happens but i think like in the end zote should like become so desperate for like a- admiration that he tries to stand in the way of the night like mm-hmm. right as he's about to go face his final foe right and that should either get him killed or he should learn his lesson and stand down hell yeah i think it's maybe a little more poignant if he doesn't learn his lesson and he gets killed yeah i was i was thinking maybe he could for the whole time he could just like kind of haphazardly and accidentally like fumble his way to the top and like mm-hmm. just be yeah, fully absolutely. delusional and then he's just cut down in the mm-hmm. end one of the things that i like about hollow knight is that bugs have previously not had sentience before the pale king like earned their sentience mm-hmm. and that yeah afterward they're kind of just devolving back into that not sentient space so they're all really dumb like bugs are they don't have very many brain cells and I think some of the comedy comes from that maybe like there are smart characters in the game but yeah this idea of like the citadel of fools and a bunch of the npcs just being little guys crawling along no thoughts head empty Mm -hmm. just punch that's Mm -hmm. so yeah zote zote strikes me as one of those low intelligent bugs a little bit a little bit I I really like his flavor text here, so I'm going to read it. it. A self-proclaimed knight of no renown wields a nail he carved from shellwood named Life Ender. Some rare creatures are so weak, so helpless, so inept, and so irritating that hunting them gives no pleasure. That's such a... That's... It's pretty I, savage. Th- that's, like, such a great character ethos, though, I think. That's so, like... I love it. I love that for Zote. I think that's, like a great you know core for a main character mm-hmm. absolutely so when we meet zote he is in mm-hmm. the uh the jaws or the mandibles rather of mm-hmm. a vengeful fly king and then he is saved by hollow knight and you have the option to let him die i think we could either have him be saved by begin it with him being like coming to hollow Knight and being like I am the baddest motherfucker around. Like, nothing is going to stop me. This whole town is going to be mine. And then immediately just being, like, swooped up by, like, a moth and just, like, screaming like a little baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know if we need to have Hall... I guess it depends on how we want to portray Hall Knight, like, in this story. Like, as his... As, like, the protagonist of the world, but the antagonist of zote's story so we could either have Mm -hmm. him save him and just being like i I did not need that or just like let him like leave him and then he survives anyway but like dust himself off 
Um, actually, I... actually, um, his his name is the Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight is a different character. Oh right, right. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm sorry. You're Get right. Get fucking owned. Oh my god. I love the energy you're bringing to this podcast in June. It's <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I, I I know Matt resigned. I yeah. I gotta leave now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that I know that's and... true. I know, but it's the, it's the name of the game. I forget. Wrecked. Um, <laughs> I, I guess uh... you're hosting now. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think that Hollow Knight. God, now I've done it. All right, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> goodbye. The knight. the knight. I think the knight should um should sort of be like a silent antagonist to Zoat, mm-hmm. but in in such that he is just kind of like a force of nature beyond Zoat's control mm-hmm. that just like comes into any given situation Zoat is in and upstages him just by being. Yeah. Not intentionally or anything. This the the knight is just doing his thing. Right. But in Zote's eyes, like that is a, a direct slight against him. Yeah. It conflicts with his main character syndrome. Yeah, the knight being a silent character definitely works better with him being a supporting character in mm-hmm. a movie than him being a main character in a movie as like all video game adaptations have found out so i definitely i think that he is gonna be a great foil to zote Mm -hmm. who like talks too much and then the knight doesn't talk (laughs) or i don't know do you think he's gonna be voice acted uh i don't think the knight should be but zote definitely should yeah I'm trying to just think of like how do we introduce Zote and his story before we get him in the jaws of this giant bug? Well, it seems like a lot of the characters in Hollow Knight are like people who were like away from Hollow Ness for a while but then come back for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. For like whether for glory or for just like trying to see what's wrong and like what they can do about it. He's very much a for glory kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, oh yeah, I'm looking at the wiki. Yeah, he's a traveler from outside of Hollow Nest, so mm-hmm. he could just be, you know, coming in through being like, gonna make this place mine, you know. Yeah, I guess in that case, then. Um, oh, he could totally be could like, just... I was the strongest guy in my village, and I'm like the only like mm-hmm. adult man in my village. Everyone else are children, type yeah. deal. Yeah, I think we definitely start with him like it's like it's like the it's like just like the Hollow Knight intro, maybe even faking us out to think he is Hollow Knight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or he is the knight. Yeah. Um and we like see him walk into the village all mysterious like he's carrying a nail, he has the little like cloak. He, you know, introduces himself to the map maker's wife and like is shown like where the entrance to the hollow nest is and he goes down there and he like faces off with this like giant like messed up bug monster and then smash cut next scene he's like in its jaws being tossed around and like absolutely annihilated and then and that's the first time you see his face right yes then we see this isn't the night this is 
this is someone else. This is Zote. And then the knight steps in and saves his ass. But yeah, what happens after that? I, I feel like there's a lot there's a lot of like empty space to fill in with Zote. I think after that maybe we can have Zote go back to the village and maybe like small talk with like some of like the local village people and mm. Cause like how I'm imagining Zod, I'm imagining he hasn't seen like an enemy that like was bigger than the the grubs that you see at the beginning of like the first area, yeah. and he's just like you know trying to like, you know, puff his chest up, but evidently he just doesn't know shit about like anything that's going on in Hall and us, and it's just blowing his mind. Yeah, maybe you could talk to the shopkeeper's wife. Yeah, Zelda has to play a part. Absolutely. She she's she's got such a she's got so much personality. I think she has to be like a, one of the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Is there an innkeep in this game? Is there like a tavern? I mean, we could like reskin her a little bit. She's like a shopkeep slash innkeeper. And then that way it's just like it, it gives us a, a better avenue to have her and then other characters around her that Zote can interact with. I think we should also include what is her name? She is she's a beetle that you meet and she has like a little house in the first area and you go inside mm-hmm. and it's all like pictures and little stuffed toys of the night cuz she has a big crush on him but at some point mm-hmm. after she meets Zote she because she like falls in love with him before falling out of that and just like moving on but I think for the purposes of the movie she can be like maybe a lot like a love interests for him yeah totally <laughs> the one person who like believes his lies you know it's like yeah i am the mightiest in all the land and she's like oh my gosh i didn't know wow <laughs> oh maybe Ooh, okay maybe uh this might complicate things a little too bit it may be a little too convoluted but maybe uh like Zote is like knocked unconscious during the fight with the giant like mm. Vengefly King. And he thinks he killed it while he was unconscious. Yeah, either that or he like is conscious enough to see that like the knight kills it, like kills it and saves him, but not conscious enough to know where the knight went or even speak to him. Mm-hmm. And then uh Bretta like s- rescues him and like nurses him back to health in her home in the hollow nest and she's like i i saw i found you laying beside that giant bug i thought you were dead did you kill that thing and he was just like uh yeah yes yes i did Mm -hmm. yeah i've I've killed much bigger monsters than that before (laughs) yeah it snuck up on me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then does that um, earn him his place in the Coliseum of Fools? Like maybe after that, um, somebody in town is like, we got to introduce you to yeah, yeah, yeah. the people over at the Coliseum of Fools. And maybe maybe you can take them over because you, you, you're a real competitor. I, I think that's a good idea because there are like mm-hmm. often like little characters who you see. There's, there's Tizo, the guy with the shield who like also... Um, is condescending to the knight who goes to the Colosseum as well. I think, I think Zod could meet him. Maybe like a few other warriors who are all like, 
yeah, we're going to go to the Coliseum or whatever, you know, we're going to fight only the strong to survive. And so it's like, um, yeah, um, that's me. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I think she should tell him about this Coliseum and he should he should know. Like, I mean, he, he knows in his mind, like, well, I can't handle any of the other denizens of the hollow nest that are like the Vengefly King. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is my best avenue for looking cool. I think I might want Zote to be like still like believing his own hype for a little bit longer. Yeah, okay. I think because I'm not because I think that if like already he's like I can't handle literally anything. Mm-hmm. It might like. Yeah, it I, might... I think he wants. I think we want to see him have his realization that he's not hot shit like at the Coliseum. So I think, or maybe, yeah, or even have that realization so late in the movie when he is trying to stand in the way of the night. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. So because that would be super impactful, right? I think, I think so. In the beginning, where he like gets knocked out, I think him believing that, like, yeah, I beat it in my sleep. You know, that's just what I did because I'm so cool. I think that would make sense. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Also, I think my family brought back groceries and I might need to help for like five minutes. No worries. Me and June will brainstorm. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll let you in on whatever we come up with. Sounds good. Now that Matt's gone, um, I want to add a bad thing to the movie. Okay. I think that Zote should be convinced that there is a love triangle between him and Breda and Iselda and Iselda does not actually express interest in him at all but he is convinced that she is head over heels for him and that Mm -hmm. she is a lonely widow who needs his physical attention and every time he sees Breda he says oh oh god what shall I do I (sighs) have already beholden to a married uh-huh. woman <laughs> i i'm gonna make it even worse and i'm going to lift a bit from paul blart mall cop 2 and say that i think he should uh think that Zelda has a huge huge crush on him and is like oh head over heels for him where uh when in reality and he's like all like, well, it's my honor as a knight. I should not lay with a married woman. Uh, but in reality, she's just being nice and like doing her customer service job. That would be a fun gag. And we pre- we definitely do it better than Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I don't know if we can do it better than Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> I mean, us us novices uh, in this field against such a, such a critically acclaimed film. <laughs> Uh, that's internationally grim. renowned <laughs> that's so grim dude oh man <laughs> we are very deep into developing this story um and this is going to this is going to be a firm disappointment but i am realizing that what we are recreating is shark tale the plot beats are <laughs> a mirror a mirror <laughs> But that movie fucking ruled, so honestly, I'm here for it. (laughs) Oh my god. Wait, we had a realization like this, like, a couple episodes ago. 
What was it? Oh, it was Joker. We realized we made the plot to Joker, but it was for what episode did we realize where we made the plot of Joker? Oh my god, this is gonna Jokerify me. Uh... Hello. Hello. We're trying to remember which movie we wrote that was just the plot of Joker because uh, June Joker. just pointed out. Huh? We wrote a movie that was the plot of Joker? The Someone pointed it out uh, when we were writing it. Um, but June just pointed out that um, we are sort of making the... Uh, the the plot of Shark Tale. Oh. <laughs> the look of realization on both of your faces. <laughs> well, that is my favorite uh, Martin Scorsese De Niro collaboration. So it's so true. It's their best work together. I can't remember which episode it was. I I think it was one of them Annika had made the realization at the end of the episode and she was like guys I just want to point out that we kind of did just write the plot of Joker um <laughs> but in my opinion us writing Shark Tale again is fine because Shark Tale's good yeah Shark Tale is a timeless classic yes um, haven't seen it since I was young, so I'm just gonna keep that opinion in mind. I saw it sometime last year. I had a very good time, although it is still not. slaps. It's it still slaps. I like how ugly it is. It, I'm a fan of that. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that they tried to make the fish look like people, and they have <laughs> weird looking lips and stuff yep. and faces. And it's I got like, Jack Black in it. Yeah, That's Jack Black is a queer-coded vegetarian <laughs> shark. It's he's very queer-coded. He does like a little voice. It's, uh, it's so <laughs> it's incredible, incredible yeah, film. Fantastic. I'm not. Yeah, I am I'm not pleading even the call fifth it so hard right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> was was the Joker movie that we made? Was that the Peggle one? I think it might have been the Peggle one, right? I can't remember. It definitely wasn't the Peggle one. The Peggle it one definitely was a, wasn't. That was about gay old women. Yeah, it was about playing Peggle. Yeah, lesbian elderly women. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll I'll let you all know when I when it occurs to me. But anyway, Matt, was what it you shovel missed, we just possibly it possibly was Shovel Knight. I don't know. I, I think. See, I mean, granted, I haven't seen Joker, but. I feel I don't know if any of our things are Joker. I, I don't know. It was like tangential at best. Anyway, the only thing you missed, Matt, was uh, June and I uh, added a Paul Blart element, and we <laughs> um, we thought up another scene where like uh, Zote inadvertently uh, is is helped into killing a giant monster by the knight. Where like him and his companions have to like they're going to the Colosseum. Um, they run into like one of those giant beetles with the hammers on the way that's like insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it like knocks Zod out immediately. It steps over him. Uh, Hollow Knight is like traversing some the platforms night. above the night. Um, he uh, he knocks a rock down. It hits the the beetle in the head. It looks up and takes a step backwards. Trips over Zod and onto like a giant spike. Ah, so um, yeah, okay. And so then all his companions see that and say whoa 
Zote just killed that thing. Yeah. And Zote wakes up like, fuck yeah, I did. Yep. <laughs> and then I think after that, they get to the Coliseum. <laughs> and what should the journey be there? Should he only be going against super weak foes? Or should all the foes that might be a match for him, you know, not want to fight him because they've heard of his exploits? Oh, that's smart. They like know he killed they like they think he killed the Vengefly King. They think he killed that giant beetle. Mm-hmm. I think also he could talk up how powerful his blade is, be like, I carved mm-hmm. it from this, this, and that. And they're like, oh my god, it's it's befallen so many pe- so many other bugs before, and it's just yeah. shitty. It's just yeah, shitty. It's, it's just shitty sword. It's made of wood, essentially. It's made of wood. It'll break later when he tries to like fight someone who like actually doesn't believe his hype. I mean, it should break when he fights the knight. Oh, I think, I think that should be like his downfall, right? Mm-hmm. I think that should be what really like. Because right now he's riding high. He's basically deceived everyone and himself into thinking that he's hot shit. And I think that what should like be his downfall and then like what he's struggling against for the rest of the movie is that the knight comes in to the Colosseum and immediately dispels everything about him. Yeah. Like immediately just like with a flick of his sword he like snaps zote's sword in half and just like lays him out in front of everyone and then everyone's like oh my god and then and then he's basically like banished and then he has to do then he has to go through some kind of journey to like mend that maybe in a in a classic shark tail switcheroo the mm-hmm. initial guy who he killed turns out to be alive and he has a conversation with that i guess it would be the um wasp that had kidnapped him initially or was about to kill him initially hmm. so not the when hammer knight the, the wasp can like yeah 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 it can be that guy well i think that guy should i will because i think that guy should die just because he was like the reason he attacked them was because he's insane. I think otherwise he would have just let them by. Well, with the hammer guy, he seemed to be just like killing anyone who was trying to come through. Could we maybe do that? Yeah. Maybe we could make that guy, you know, do that. Maybe he was banished from his own like little thing, and that's why he's at the Coliseum of Fools now because he too is a fool. Oh yeah, maybe it's like he wasn't killed; he was just like gravely injured. Yeah. And he like comes to the Coliseum of Fools because even in his super injured state, he'd still be able to like wipe the floor with anyone there. Mm-hmm. Does he recognize Zote? Because we said that he just kind of trips over him. So would he even like notice that it was because of him? I think he would. I think it would yeah. be funny okay. if he like really respected Zote mm-hmm. for some unforeseen reason after that. I think that everyone really respecting and loving on zote Mm -hmm. is how we can push this forward Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think he should give more credence to zote and i think maybe he should think that zote has like some kind of special power to be in two places at once or something because he definitely saw hollow knight up above oh so he thinks zote is or he definitely saw the knight yeah thinks yeah 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 yeah. 
that makes and sense. he's like oh this guy's got some fucked up like latent power i don't want to mess with him everybody watch out this guy's got powers mm-hmm. and so that makes everyone like really not want to fight so because they're like holy shit he's got powers what if he kills me right and then that's when the knight comes and that 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 makes his the knight's reveal even more dramatic when the knight defeats Zoat in the Colosseum. Yeah, well, I think like the knight shows up at the Colosseum because is I have a question: Is there a specific reason that the knight has to be at the Colosseum? Ah, uh, I mean, in the game, the knight's just there for money. So, and it's mm-hmm. pretty much a, a place to prove your glory. So, I don't think there needs to be a specific reason why the knight is there. <clears throat> I think there should be because the way we're painting the knight right now is that he's just very driven in his task, right? He's trying to also, we should note that there are like, we're sprinkling around little like hints of the infection everywhere Mm -hmm. that should be like present throughout the movie is like people noticing this stuff and Zote sort of noticing it, but not really caring. Right. Um, but I think the way we've characterized the knight is that he is very driven in his purpose and he only does what is necessary. And I, so I think there should be some kind of thing at the Colosseum that the knight needs and that the knight is going to get by, you know, defeating people at the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. Maybe Zote has like a spell or some kind of charm or object that he doesn't know how to unlock the power of but the hollow i mean the knight oh my god the knight really needs the knight wants i'm gonna Mm -hmm. force you at gunpoint to edit out me saying (laughs) the hollow knight is the knight i cannot live with this (laughs) i cannot live with this hypocrisy never financially recover from this canceled I don't know that. Uh, here's the thing: if we if we give Zote some kind of like uh, a MacGuffin that he didn't know he had, I think that might feel like little shoot in or something. I think that there should be. I think you're right though that Zote should be what's in the way of the night right now, and there should be some kind of thing at the Colosseum that the knight wants, and maybe it's like some kind of prize the Colosseum gives to like the strongest champions. Mm-hmm. Or something. Maybe it's like a vessel or something like that. Yeah, some kind of magical item or something that the the Hollow Knight needs, or the Knight needs. The announcer's like, well, you must defeat our champion, Zote the Mighty. And then the Knight like just goes up to Zote, and Zote raises his sword, and then the Knight just like cleaves the sword in half. Maybe it could be the Dream Nail. I was literally just about to say that, Matt. Yes, I think I think it should be something very important to the knight, but not important to anyone else. Right, because I was also thinking that we could somehow incorporate the dream nail so that we can get the gray prince big boy zote. And I now here's my question: Is that big boy zote? Is he aware of that? Because that's like happening in like some kind of dream world, right? That's happening in his dream. Yeah. That it that's happening in I think it's the dream of, of Bretta. Like that's her yeah. that's her idea of what he actually is. I think that I think though that we should maybe change it for the film just so that it's like him. 
I I think it's cute think, if it's Bretta. I think it's cute. I think it's cute that I like, think if we integrate Bretta more into it, it can be like somehow we integrate that like it could be like her like the manifestation of her feelings that like is brought into the real world that he can mm. benefit from, you know. And that so we can yeah, have, yeah. she can have like a more active role in the story. Oh, and maybe that's how she realizes that Zod is full of shit because in her dream even like her even her like elevated opinion of zote cannot stand up to the bare confident like the bare competence of the knight and she realizes like wait a minute zote have you been lying to me this whole time what if like right before she realizes that Zote sees this version of himself that she has imagined and it like gives him the strength to continue on and he's like oh I've made my choice I've made my choice woman you are the woman for me (laughs) and then immediately after that she makes that realization and she's like what are you talking about you're nothing like him you're nothing like the person I thought you were you're not the dream hunk does does the dream version of these monsters like appear in real life or does like the the night go into a dream world and um he he goes you know, into the dream that. world to like fight these bosses but we can we can change that somehow for the purpose of this ooh how about how about this he's at the coliseum he's hot shit nope everyone's too scared to fight him even the big giant bug that like should know he's full of shit but doesn't yet um the the knight appears after a while absolutely humiliates zote in front of everybody gets the dream nail and then zote is like banished from the coliseum um and he's out in the wild he goes and like sleeps in like a, a little hole in his dream he finds himself in like this lucid dream state and like you know is walking around finds himself in the area where somehow finds himself in Breda's dream and sees this like huge elevated version of himself which he likes and is happy about but then he sees the knight with the dream nail and uh sees the knight like easily lay out that version of him and then he wakes up and he's like, I got to go. I got to go find Bretta. I got to go talk to her. And then he goes to her. And that's when she like realizes he's full of shit because she saw that shit in her dream, too. And that's when his vendetta against the 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 night is like intensified. Like he already doesn't like the night, but he's feeling like defeated now. But now that he's seen this and like the night has ruined Bretta's image of him. Now it's like even more personal to him and now he's got to go that's i think when he decides to like try and stand in the night's way okay i am down for this i i am also down for this yeah i was going to ask if any of his traveling companions get infected or if you think that that well we would have to designate a specific one we could do i think that that could be like a good moment for him to kill the infected guy and be like somebody had to do it oh i think it could be tizo tizo's like kind of Mm. an asshole in the game and he also dies like off screen like i don't remember how but the knight just finds his corpse somewhere there 
So I think he could be like oh. the I think he could be like the zombie movie like guy. It's like it's like, oh, what's that on your arm? It's like, oh, it's it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. He turns later. Agreed. What if um Zote doesn't I'm changing my mind about what I was saying. What if Zote doesn't notice that Tizo is getting possessed and then the knight kills Tizo and then Zote has even more anger in him about you killed my friend, you killed my friend and he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He was always a good boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. we I think we as the audience can see like the changing but like Zote's mm-hmm. too stupid to like realize what that means and then we'll be like oh I what's agree. that and then Teasel will be like oh it's nothing he's like okay yeah sure yeah yeah and then like maybe during the fight because I imagine like in the Coliseum like it won't just be one-on-one there'll be like a lot of like all-out brawls and stuff and he like is fighting with Tizo, and Tizo's like at some point just completely like goes crazy and he but he like doesn't like he's like oh he's just like you know He's very consumed in the battle, you know. He's just a really yeah. tough guy. I think Zote should. I'm trying to think of how this moment should go, but I think Zote should. Um, f- he should stumble across somebody killing Tizo because Tizo, I think, eventually should be banished from the Coliseum for being like too insane. Because he like, well, because if he's infected, then that means he's probably fighting outside of the arena, and like people are like, "Hey, what the fuck, dude." And they just like kick him out, mm-hmm. and then he just wanders. And I think he should stumble upon someone killing Tizo. I can't decide if I want it to be the knight or if it should be the hornet. And like the hornet is like one of the people who gives him like some kind of reality check, being like, "You don't know what you're talking about. Like, do you realize that there is something wrong in Hollow Nest and that people are like, people are going insane, like?" I didn't do this because I wanted to. This guy attacked me. And then she maybe like mentions the knight and like his quest or whatever. And then he's like, wait, the knight, which way did he go? Do you know? And then she's like, yeah, I mean, he went that way. And that's his like impetus to follow the knight. What if he um, claims the valor of the knight and of Hornet when they seal themselves away to seal the radiance away <sighs> and then he just gets to he just gets to claim the valor and he's the hero after that and that's his redemption arc oh my god but that crazy. that's that's pretty crazy too because like maybe he maybe he learns his lesson at the end like and he's like wait but i don't like i i'm not going to i'm not doing this this isn't me like you guys are doing this and they're just like yeah but we're gonna be dead so just do what you do and he has to like grapple with that and like maybe maybe by the time like everyone discovers what's going on and they see him there at the site of like all the craziness after it's all done he's just like they're like what happened and like maybe the camera like like holds on him for a little bit and then just cuts away so we don't know whether or not he took the valor or not He's like given the choice, but it's like we don't know. Or it's left up to interpretation whether we think Zote grew during the course of this movie or not. So, what leads cool. Zote to to being at the scene where where Hornet and the Knight uh, defeat the Radiance or seal it again? 
when he chases after uh the knight after hornet directs him to where the knight went he might just end up in the uh the white city what part of the white city is it well, to, well, to I... get to the radiance, they have to like dream nail the Hollow Knight, right? Which is in the yeah, and we aren't we aren't doing that ending, right? Yeah, because, I think they're um... just they're just sealing the Hollow Knight together. And I think I think what should happen is that he should get there before the night, and maybe he should be like contacted by the radiance, and like the radiance tries to like coerce him into stopping the night, and like everything is like revealed in a greater sort of like in a in a greater sort of way like maybe the radiance is talking to him through the hollow knight or something well the radiance can speak to all the bugs of hollow knight oh, okay. just because it's just like in the ether in their all their minds and that's what causes the infection so i think mm-hmm. while he's at his lowest it could just contact him just like like the devil you know I think like like Hornet should direct it, just be like yeah the Hollow Knight or the Knight went that way if you want to try and stop him I guess no she she knows full well he can't do that yeah. so it doesn't really matter to her whether he does it or not so she's like yeah he went that way right and then as he's about to follow that direction like he hears a voice in his head saying like oh go this way come to me it'll right. it'll get you to him quicker yeah and so then he like follows its directions finds like a safe and fast path to the scene of like the final showdown where like he's maybe like standing in front of a statue of the radiance or something and there's like the hollow knights just sitting there like motionless and he hears like the voice in his mind just like telling him all this stuff and trying to like poison his mind against the knight can the radiance turn him into like the actual gray prince so that he is in the dream world so that he can put up a better fight uh maybe i'm just trying to think like the, how does that serve our story i think by like giving him the option to be bad that'll at least give him agency to like make mistakes you know and to learn from that how about he's standing before the hollow knight and this giant statue and it's just kind of like standing there motionless with a giant nail in its hand mm-hmm. and like he's hearing the voice in its his head and it's trying to like seduce him into this like sort of power position, telling him to like do all this stuff, explaining everything. And, you know, the scope of it all is like so huge to him and so much bigger than anything he's used to that I think he should like, this should be like his breaking point of like confidence. I think he should like finally admit that he is a coward and that he cannot like do what this thing wants him to do he can't be a knight he can't save the realm he can't help anyone um and so then the radiance is like bah you're useless to me and so then the hollow knight like raises the nail and like is about to bring it down on him and then like to like like another nail comes and blocks the sword and saves him and it's and it's the knight standing in front of zote uh like ready to show down and then we see like the hornet swoop in and like like nabs out and like put him somewhere safe and she's just like stay here all right and then she goes in and he witnesses the fight with the hollow knight okay so then he witnesses this fight 
I guess he sees them succeed. Does he do anything during the fight to help them succeed? Like do you he's... think that is something his character would do in this moment? Well, I think the the journey that we've taken this character on has kind of taken him away from like how he actually is in yeah, the game. Yeah. Because he doesn't have an active enough story to have any character development. He's just like an arrogant guy. Yeah. I think like what we've put him through, though, he could. I'm not sure what he would do, though, that would actually be helpful. Maybe the knight and Hornet are both holding the Hollow Knight down and uh, the knight drops his needle or something. And it's like there Mm -hmm. just needs to be one final blow. And it's like they can't do it because they're both restraining the Hollow Knight. And maybe that's when Zod can jump in. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like that. Maybe in like his head, like the radiance is like you're you're too weak. You couldn't do anything. Just stay where you are. Blah, 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 blah. I'm evil. How about like he he deals it a blow that he thinks is going to be the final blow, hmm. um, and it takes everyone off guard that he does this, which the radiance uses as a chance to like throw these two off, or the the hollow knight uses this as a chance to like throw these two off it. It like takes the nail like maybe out of its head. And, like, you can hear the Radiance, like, berating him and being like, you are a worthless piece of trash, and I'm going to take pleasure in wiping mm-hmm. you from this world. So, and as it's about to kill him, that that was, like, enough of a distraction that both the Knight and the Hornet come up from behind and just, like, end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that works. Yeah, g- given his character, even as, like, he changes, per- like, in his, like, personality... I don't think he 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 is strong enough to even really harm this thing, let alone end it. That's fair. We can like milk it for like to make it seem like he is going to deal the final blow, though. Like big, like mm-hmm. jumping off like a big thing, like with his sword, you know, yes. plunging down, and Agreed. it seems like it's fine, but it's it's a, an insignificant damage. Yeah, wise. yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe as. Um hornet and the knight are being sealed away she like says to him thank you for your bravery you have to be the messenger now you have to tell everyone that the yeah radiance is sealed away yet again yeah agreed i think i think that's how like like she definitely ends it with like like telling him all that telling him that he has to spread the word and that he he might as well take the glory for it because they're not going to be able to. And like, maybe the last thing that the knight does is the knight like walks up to him and hands him his nail. And so like reluctantly takes it as they both like go in there and seal themselves in. How about he like walks out of what it was the area where all this happens is called. But he could just, like, leave whatever air they are, and then there's, like, a huge crowd of people, and maybe, like, some people from the Coliseum, Brett is probably there, like, all, like, the important side characters of Hollow Nest. And, yeah. like, he's just, like, they're just, like, looking to say anything, and he just kind of, like, lifts up the nail like that, and everyone goes, like, yeah! Yeah, I was gonna say, I was, like, I, I was, like, oh, the, like, people should, like, come upon him at this, at the site of all this craziness, but I was, like, well, how the hell would they get there, though? How would they know? Maybe maybe when he was like on his way there, he sees like a like a giant group of the infected who are just like milling about mm-hmm. and like he recognizes some people in there. Yeah. 
and he like notes that they're there and like once 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 all this stuff is over he like comes upon them again and he's holding the sword and he looks like the knight and like they're like oh my god what happened they're like all giving him all these questions and he's like cons- like it's the last shot where he's like considering like should he tell them should he claim this glory for himself and then it goes to black that's a very satisfying ending yeah i think think so damn you know i didn't expect to go into this with zote being such a compelling and good character but here we are yeah and you have the option to just like kill him you know if you want yeah he won't even be important okay so recap time so we open on an opening sequence that is nearly identical to that one of the Hollow Knight game. We only see what we assume to be the knight from behind entering, you know, Hollow Nest, the area in the beginning of the game, coming to Dirtmouth, talking to Azelda, and then descending into the underground kingdom of Hollow Nest. But we quickly see that he is, in fact, not the knight. He is so as he is very quickly swooped up by a Vengefly, who proves to be much too powerful him already, and he passes out only to awake and find that the Vengefly was already defeated by the knights, the actual knights. He then passes out once again and awakes, being nursed back to health by Breda back up in Dirtmouth. He then, because of his fake machismo that he's all about, he tells Breda that he, in fact, seemingly in his sleep defeated the Vengefly and he's you know he's a pretty big deal he's a real big deal and she's like oh my gosh wow I've never met such a mighty warrior before and he's like yep that's me Zoke the Mighty and she's like wow well let me introduce you to all these other warriors in the town you know perhaps you'll find some common interests so they go to the local bar and he meets Tizo and the other boys who are going to venture off into the Colosseum of Fools to prove their valor. And he's like, yeah, I could totally do that. I'm pretty tough. I defeated a Vengefly. I'm a big deal where I come from, obviously. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, totally. So they venture, they journey off towards the Colosseum through the dangerous spike field uh, everywheres of the, the crossroads and all that stuff when they are stopped in their way by, you know, that big hammer beetle boss guy that you fight, and they're all like, yeah, we could take him, but Zote evidently cannot do that at all, and he's easily knocked down. But he's knocked down in a way that once the real knight comes in and starts defeating the hammer beetle, he knocks the hammer beetle, and the hammer beetle is tripped by Zote, who then falls to not as a demise, because we'll see him later. And everyone assumes, oh my god, Zote, you killed him, you really are really mighty, we're so glad you're here. Oh, you know, just like, let me, like, get on my shoulder, I'll carry you all the way there. Even though you don't need it, but he does, obviously. After they journey there, they get to the Colosseum of Fools. Where you know they they give in their little little their little geo they're like ready to go in. They're down in the little resting area before they go up and they see who is it but the hammer beetle from before. 
And he's like, I remember you, oh my gosh. And he starts talking him up in front of everyone. He's like, this guy's real tough. He, he's crazy, he has this ability, he could be in two places at once. He's like a total badass. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I don't wanna fight you. They're all scared of him and whatnot. So once they get up there, everyone's just too afraid to fight him. They're just like, I don't, he has his whole, what, what is it? Life Ender, a very scary name for a very weak sword. So everyone is just like, oh, I can't fight you, I can't fight you. But then, who's there but the actual knight there to win the prize of the Colosseum of Luth, which is the Dream Nail. So everyone's like, oh, dude. So it's gonna smoke his ass, it's gonna be crazy. He doesn't stand a chance. And so, you know, charges in the way he does, flailing his thing around, but one shot kill, very embarrassing. Extremely embarrassing. They see he's a fraud, he gets banished, the knight, you know, gets the dream, no, whatever, he's he's a total badass, he's beating everyone up. It's fine, but Zote, aw, oh, it's feeling so shitty, it's feeling so bad. Everyone, like, thought you were this one thing, but obviously you're a fake, man. <laughs> Get out of here, Shark Slayer, you know, the true Oscar of our story. So after Zote is banished from the Coliseum, he just, you know, kind of bummed out, just crawls into a random hall where he enters the dream world, where he sees that he's inside Breda's dream. You know, Breda, you know, the only one at this point who like really believes in him. And he sees her version of him. You know, the gray prince version of Zod. Big, muscular, real tough, gorgeous, all that stuff. But then who enters the dream, but it is once again, the knight who again, thoroughly defeats him and it's just, it's so embarrassing once again. It's so sad. And Brett and Breta sees all of this and she's like, oh my gosh, this image I have in my head of this guy, it's just not true, man. So when they both wake up and Zote comes back to her, she realizes you are not the studly man I thought you to be. You're a liar. You lost the Coliseum of Fools. Get out of here. I don't care about you anymore. And this absolutely crushes Zode. He's like, man, this night guy, he's ruining my life. That's his sole purpose, and he's just trying to ruin my life, this asshole, this upstart. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking get my revenge in him. And who does he run into? But the Hornet. And he asks her, you know, where's this night guy? I'm gonna kick his ass, you know? It's like, I don't know, this Also, forgot to mention, hella infection everywhere. He doesn't notice. It's like, not really like on his radar like that. He sees all the infection zombie people. He's like, oh, you know, they're kind of quirky. You know what I mean? They're kind of weird. Whatever, it's not none of my business. I'm too, I'm too mighty and cool for that shit. But he talks, but he talks to Hornet. She's like, oh, you really are a fool, man. Don't you see what's going on in the hall? Don't you see what's going on around you, dude? Shit's fucked. The infection, it's going crazy. Got We gotta find out what's going on. The night's going this way, not that you can stop him or whatever, but I'm going there too, because we're gonna be doing some real, actual heroism, unlike you, you phony. Zips off with the thread, looking very cool. He's like, <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, how people are, can't even speak. And he's like, well, Fuck that guy, I don't know what I'm gonna do though. 
then all of a sudden, here's a voice in his head, what is it? It's the Radiance. It's like, oh, it's a one-year adventure. Come here, come to the Abyss, and it's like, oh, come through these all these secret passageways to come through safe, and I'll give you real power, I'll give you your revenge. And he's like, damn, that sounds really good right now. So, Zoe, he goes there. He, like, finds all, like, these secret passageways because he's being led by this voice in his head. And he gets there before Hornet and before the night. And who does he find but it's the Hollow Knight and this giant statue of the Radiance. He comes up, he's like, hey, here for my revenge. What's up? And in his mind, he's just given, like, all these visions of everything that's gone on and all the power that he can attain. And the Radiance is like, yo that image in your head and that that ideal self you want to be that you want to be that you need the power for that Breda thinks you are I can give it to you just help me you know and the world and all that and you can kill the knight and that'll be it you know it'll be you'll be Gucci you'll be a big tough guy you'll be gorgeous and you know as tempting as that might be when actually you know propositioned with all this big world ending stuff which is like way bigger scope than he ever thought he's just like i'm just a tough guy you know or so i thought but seeing all this he realized i'm actually a big coward and i cannot do this and the radiance is like oh, you are weak fuck you i'm gonna kill you you know because you're useless to me and right before paul knight is about to kill him he is very last minute saved very dramatically last minute saved by the knight and the hornet who just go into battle. It's crazy, a lot of action, a lot of zipping, a lot of dashing, a lot of double jumps and soul beams and all that, you know, all the good stuff. But Zote, he, he can't do any of that stuff. He's just like, I'm terrified, I, can't, I don't know what to do, you know. These guys obviously don't need my help, but they do, you know, because they're restraining him. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, someone needs to deliver the final blow, like they need help. Who can do it? I Can I? I'm, I'm a coward. I don't know if I can do it. Being actually put in the situation, he's like, you know, for once in my life, I'm actually gonna live up to how I talk myself up to be. He picks up his, his little shitty needle or whatever, his nail, jumps off like a really high cliff, going down for like the fucking final blow type thing, stabs him, thinks it's over, does not do anything. Very, very disappointed, does not do anything. He just offers like a small distraction. The Hollow Knight and the Radiance are like, you, you, you think that'll hurt me? Nah, man, nah, what are you talking about? I'm gonna kill you now, but that distraction was enough, man. It was enough to give Hornet and the Knight enough time. Seal away the Radiance once again. You know, everything's fine, but now they have to sacrifice themselves to seal the Radiance. And they're like, thank you, you know, that didn't think you were that cool before but you know obviously you're very brave and i appreciate what you've done and he's like ah shucks guys you know i'm not that brave he's like no but you are you know self-reflection is key to growth dude you know you're on the right track and he's like well what's gonna happen now and it's like well we have to sacrifice ourselves to seal the raids but you have to tell them the truth you have to tell them that Everything's gonna be fine, the infection's gonna be gone, you know. The radiance is sealed again, you know. You can take the credit if you want, you know. Cause you helped. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I could take all the credit, but who knows. And then the knight, you know. I assume Hornet's saying this, cause the knight, you know, he's a silent guy, he's a strong silent type. But the knight, you know, walks over to Zote. 
and he gives them his mail, you know, a, a big sign of respect. And then they, I assume in the end they just kind of explode into light or something like that. Probably a lot of light, I assume. And he comes out and all these infected people that I forgot to mention but were totally there the whole time, of the people that, you know, he knew this whole time, are there and the infection has lifted and they're like, oh my god. So the mighty, you did all this? You're awesome, dude. Good job. You saved the world. Thanks. And then we see on Zote's face, he's like, do I take the credit or am I honest? And you know, we don't know because it cuts there. No post-credit scene where he becomes king and he like goes back into his old ways. As funny as that would be. <laughs> and that's the Hollow Knight movie. Yeah. Yep. We did it. We did it. Yippee. Yeah. Happy ending, guys. You know? Yeah. A little ambiguous, I said, but you know. Um I think it's staff pick time, no? Yeah. Who going first? Uh I don't mind going first. You know, public opinion, like for good reason, is kinda like, fuck this guy right now. And I get that. And you know, you could pirate it if you want. But I've been watching the Netflix Kanye documentary called <laughs> Genius, spelt J-E-E-N hyphen E-S, which is a, a terrible name, but a very Kanye name. So very fitting. And it's just, I've on, there's only two parts out right now. It's a trilogy. And it was just mm -hmm. showing like his early career in Chicago and moving to New York and trying to get the college dropout to be released. And a lot of people, because Kanye's been in the public eye for a while, and he's been, like, this larger-than-life figure, and mm -hmm. he's been at the top for a long time, and everyone's, like, a lot, I've heard a lot of people be, like, I don't get why people still fuck with Kanye. He's, like, he says so much shitty things, and he definitely does, and I disagree with a great deal that he says, but mm -hmm. I think learning, like, his, his underdog story of, like, how hard he worked and how much talent he had and how much, like, no one really believed in him, because he was just pigeonholed by everyone he had a record deal for years and they just wouldn't allow him to release his first record because it was just it was so different from what was coming out at the time and mm -hmm. he was a very good producer but people saw like pigeonholed him as a rapper producer so like well i don't really give a shit about what you're rapping just make me beats you see so many people like he's like yeah i rap too and they're like famous rappers and they're just like yeah whatever just make me beats or whatever and it's a bummer and like people are like talking shit about him and just doubting him and you see his come up and you see his foundation, you see his relationship with his mother, which is very sweet and really informs like his career. And I think if you watch it, like as, as much as like a lot of people don't like Kanye now, I think you'll start to understand like why people fucked with him in the first place. And like mm -hmm. how he, you know, used to speak to real issues that regular working class people, you know, faced. Yeah. And if you don't want to watch that and you want something more wholesome, <laughs> you can also watch the uh documentary uh what's the name decline of western civilization which is about the late 70s early 80s uh la hardcore scene that was i was being facetious it's not wholesome it's it's hardcore funky <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty gnarly but it yeah. is a very Okay, so like I've been reading a lot about like underground punk movements and stuff and underground, and it's hard to find actual footage 
of all these places because they were just underground they were very diy and like not a people were documenting mm -hmm. it but this is this documentary is like a rare case of like actually like going to the shows and seeing like how things were at the time it was it's got a lot of good bands it's got black flag fear circle j it's got black flag before henry rollins was in it which is cool mm -hmm. like the early days and it's just like it's a moment it's like a snapshot into like this part of like american underground music history and i think it's really cool that it exists and i recommend and it is on tubi hell yeah yep shout outs to tubi because you are free <laughs> shout outs to tubi we love you tubi we keep do. it up we do you my ad block doesn't work on you anymore but i understand why you did that and i, I respect it uh, i got a good ad block get you block origin oh, okay it's good i never get i never get ads on tubi okay well fuck you tubi i guess <laughs> <laughs> um june you want to go next yeah uh my recommendation is a ghibli movie so maybe it's gonna go without saying hey. that it's good but i'm recommending palm poco 1994 hmm. i think that this movie didn't have as wide a distribution in the united states because it's very very much based in Japanese culture and to the extent that I think it's kind of comparable to like children's movies from the west that rely heavily on European uh fairy tale tropes mm -hmm. except for this is all like Japanese culture there's Daruma everywhere mm -hmm. the main characters are Tanukis Hell who yeah. they insist on calling raccoons throughout the course of the movie <laughs> which it's fine it's fine they're different animals but yeah. it's it's a western um rewrite i guess okay um, because they're the animation do they draw them with the balls or do they leave the balls yeah they yeah. draw them yeah. with yeah. the balls they got the nuts the they got the fat nuts yeah yeah that's hell yeah no i mean like in japanese uh culture genitalia is like very integrated into fairy tales and mm -hmm. stuff so like it's, as it should be yeah it's it's a part yeah. of tanuki's this is a movie that's made for five-year-olds but you do see their balls <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> their balls are a part of <laughs> their existence and it doesn't really feel like inappropriate or like mm -hmm. it's yeah. placed into an inappropriate setting one of my favorite things about this movie is uh there's so much i love about this movie but the way that they draw them um they have three different art styles that the Tanukis present themselves in. There's uh, the realistic Tanukis, which looks so freaking good in mm -hmm. motion mm -hmm. and are animated so beautifully. And then there's a hyper cartoonish version where they are just little guys with snouts who are reaction imaging to the world <laughs> around them. And... Then there's the character designs that are sort of in the middle where they spend most of the movie. And in the middle parts, they have these adorable little fat bellies and tits because they're so fat and their belly buttons are prominent <laughs> and they look like such cute fat little guys. They love food. They love partying. They love eating and partying and having a great time oh yeah there's a lot of booze in this movie which you don't really expect for a children's movie either 
This movie sounds like it rocks. Yeah. It's it slaps. I'm it, looking it at fucks. pictures <laughs> and they all look very cute and funny looking. Yeah. The um English dub is the easiest to get your hands on. Um which I don't I understand that because it's a kids movie, so like you don't want to make kids look at subtitles. I'm looking at the dub, and it says that it has J.K. Simmons and Clancy Brown in it, which is cool. The dubs of Ghibli movies have such good, like, such good casting, honestly. Yeah, like Patrick Bateman. Yeah, and uh, Michael Keaton as Porco Rosso, yeah. They got all the Batmans, dude, in the Ghibli movies. They got movies. them. Um, well, that's a, a great recommend. Um my recommendation uh i recently rewatched all three of these all three of these movies in rapid succession um and it is the fear street movies specifically Ooh. fear street 1994 fear street 1978 and fear street uh, 1666 these are a great trio of movies all based on the like series of books by rl stein they are directed by a woman, all of them the same woman. Uh, her name is uh, Lee Janiak. Um, she's really cool. And uh, these basically it's just like tri- a trio of like slasher movies, supernatural slasher movies about this town, learning about like the this curse that is on the town that's divided into like Sunnyvale and Shady Side. There's like a curse on Shady Side that is like makes it so that all the bad shit always happens in Shady Side. There's kill like serial killers constantly just killing people all the time, and it's basically just like the trio of movies follows the thread of like trying to break this curse. Um, I think these movies are great because uh, the director Lee Janiak she said that she wanted these these movies are rated at R and they're very gory. There's lots of swearing and you know was that in the uh, original rl stein versions i think so because uh, i think the rl stein books were like his departure from goosebumps because mm-hmm. goosebumps are like for kids right i think fear street was like tr- more traditional slashery they were very violent and stuff and there was swearing nice uh but lee janiac specifically wanted these to be like rated r but rated r movies that a kid could watch and feel like they weren't supposed to be watching it but it wouldn't like scar them like they're not watching hereditary <laughs> yeah and like being scared for life they're like watching this and it's like oh there's gore and blood and swearing but it's not gonna like scar you or anything yeah like texas chainsaw massacre which all <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess uh but um but yeah and uh she also did such a great job at directing these like as like the movies that their decade is from like for instance the 1994 is shot a lot like the scream movies and like looks and feels very much like scream in a lot of ways like even the the like the the killer that is from that decade it looks in a lot like Ghostface and acts a lot like him. He's like got this like black robes. He has a skull mask. He runs around with a combat knife, tripping and falling all over everything, getting his ass handed to him, but still killing people somehow. Um, and then the 1978 movie, uh, it like is directed to look and feel a lot like uh, Friday the 13th and a lot of those like summer camp slasher movies. The the music sounds a lot like it. The camera movement feels a lot like it. It 
very good all around just great for horror fans and great for everybody even if you're kind of like uh if you get scared easily by movies these movies are very great like my roommate is big scaredy cat and she did like she she watched all three of these movies loved them um so the fear street series highly recommend go watch them they're on netflix I've seen the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. I mm-hmm. definitely am going to. Um, 1994, I find really, really funny because the first 40 minutes are like Cruella levels of song back to back yes. to back to back to back. Like pop song that you recognize. Yeah. Another yeah. pop song that you recognize. Another pop song that you recognize. And then they kind of just stop doing that after like the 40 minute mark. Yeah. It's which like is endless needle drops. Good. Yeah. It's incredible. Because it's kind of unbearable for the 40 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> a, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a slog, but once you get past that, it's like, it, you honestly you might enjoy it like i remember my roommate enjoyed that for for the first 40 minutes but it is just kind of like whoa you guys are you guys are really hammering home that it's the 90s but also like yeah. you can kind of see the 90s horror influence as well so yeah 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 go check them out yeah we would also love to thank chris kirk for our wonderful theme song and music that is played in the uh the recap all the music it's brilliant it's beautiful uh you uh y'all should go follow him on twitter his twitter is at composer kirk and you should also follow him on bandcamp his bandcamp is also composer composerkirk.bandcamp.com that's kirk spelled k-i-r-k we'd also like to thank our artist brit soda's journa you can follow her on twitter at artzoid that is a-r-t-z-0-i-d um and uh june thank you for being on the podcast yeah we we love to we love to have you uh is there anything you want to plug thank you for having me um i am pretty deliberately off social media right now (laughs) so i don't have anything to plug i am not i am trying to lessen my online presence but so valid something i can plug is there anything i can plug watch the movie i recommend it (laughs) (laughs) yeah hell yeah dude ghibli will ghibli will thank me personally and that'll uh be yeah the best thing to ever happen to me i'm sure Mm -hmm. mr miyazaki appreciates your support very much so in a very personal level i respect that you should like disconnect from the internet a little bit except when you're listening to game real cast you should always plug into (laughs) that always all right and that was our show that was game real so i hope you enjoy it and we'll see you next time (laughs) (laughs) i should write out how we outro yeah Uh, i keep wanting to be like game over guys or something corny like that no that's how the saw that's how the saw movies end that's not how we end oh Uh, will they sue us (laughs) yes (laughs) uh i've been cassidy easton right i've been matt I've been June Bendich. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.